Good morning. Good morning. Our reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. And Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. <clears throat> if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you O oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That is the word of the Lord. Would you please pray with me? God, you are our Father. You have seen us from the beginning. You have knit us together in our mother's wombs. We know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so we declare your works, declaring praise for what you have done on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for continually being our God and Father, for walking with us always. And Lord, we pray now that the words of our lips, the meditations of our hearts, would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, it's, it's Father's Day, uh, and as Victor said in the introduction, we're also looking at God, our Father. First article of the creed deals with God as our creator, our maker, and our Father, knowing who God is, how he has revealed himself. And we think of the account of creation at the beginning, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, the account of how all things were made. God speaks to us through those things to tell us of his mighty power, the fact that he, he has created all things for our good, that we might be a blessing that we might be blessed. That whole account in, that in, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 2 ends with this creation of man for woman and woman for man. And this wonderful account that is given to us, this wonderful plan that God has. And he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And we look at that relationship and we see the establishment of family as God designs it. And so we come to a day like Father's Day or a couple of weeks ago with Mother's Day and we know that this is a good gift of God. And we know that as we think about God, our Father, we think about all of these good gifts that he gives to us. So all you dads out here, I say Happy Father's Day to you today. And for the rest of you, again, I hope you have blessed your father today or at least have had a, the opportunity to reflect a little on the blessing that he was to you. Um, last Saturday marked one year, the one year anniversary of my father's death. Uh, and so we've had some opportunity to reflect a little on, on what my dad uh, meant to our family and share some of the stories. And the truth is, the more you think about 
uh, your dad, the more you kind of reflect on the gifts that he gave you and the ways that he kind of nurtured you. I know that I lived a unique experience. My dad was a, was a great man, uh, loved Jesus, uh, my mom, and us, usually in that order, um, except one Sunday of the year, um, which was the Indianapolis 500, when it went like race cars, um, then Jesus, then probably us, then maybe my mom, like maybe in, in that order that weekend. And though we lived in Massachusetts, my dad attended Valparaiso University in Indiana, and so he had gone since the time he was a student, and so I've been to 30-plus Indianapolis 500s, and it was that weekend, that weekend trek that we made um, every year, and, and my dad worked hard, um, and he cared very much for our family, but that was the one weekend when my dad just kind of always, the proverbial, letting his hair down. And always just kind of, we had so many memories that were made on that weekend of the, the trip all the way across to get to Indiana and of meeting my dad's best friend and his brothers and getting together with our whole big group and going to the race and just really enjoying that time. That's actually the last race that my dad got to attend that was in 2015 um, with, with a couple of my kids as well. And there were lots of lessons that my dad taught us, not just to love the Indianapolis 500. Uh, there were lessons like hard work. My dad worked hard at what he did, worked hard to provide for our family, Uh, and I always knew that even though he worked hard, he would care for us and and be at things that we were part of, uh, sporting events. I always knew playing Little League, I always knew my dad might not be there at the start of the game, but at some point my dad was going to appear in the left field fence, his tie was going to be loosened, and he'd be standing there and watch the rest of the game, and to be sure he'd have some pointers on how I played. (laughs) He also taught us to love the church. And uh, my dad had a phrase that was, if the church doors are open, you should be inside. But my dad was like always the president of our little church, so he had the keys. You know, so he'd be like, Dad, nobody else is here. If the church doors are open, you should be inside. Okay, Dad, all right, okay. But you know, those are the things uh, that we reflect on now since his passing, since his death, and reflect on the gifts that he gave to us and the ways that he made us into the adults we are, my sisters, my brother, and I. Maybe your experience is the same or maybe it was different, but God gives us fathers as an earthly picture, imperfect as it might be. And though my dad was a good man, he wasn't perfect. He had things that he would have done differently or done over again. But to know that we have this picture, though it be imperfect, of how God cares for us. We think of our earthly fathers that they would do things for us, do almost anything for us. It means also knowing a God who would do absolutely anything for us, of a God who loves us completely and knows us full well, to know that our God is our one Father for now and eternity. And as you permitted me to share some things about my Father, we should allow Jesus to speak for his Father. You see, that's a key thing that Jesus does in the Gospels, is he reveals his Father to us. Even more than, than just trying to tell us some fun stories he reveals, his, he reveals his Father to us that we would know the works that he has done on our behalf, the lengths and the extreme lengths to which he would go to win us back. We see Jesus proclaiming and revealing the Father to us. In fact, John tells us point blank in John chapter 1. He says this, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. We might say it this way. In Jesus, we see God as he wishes to be seen. And think of the things throughout the Gospels that Jesus says about his Father. 
He's the one who tells the account of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. One of my favorite accounts in all of the scriptures, that Jesus declares that his father would be willing to welcome back a prodigal son. What a wonderful thing for us to know about his father. What a wonderful thing for us to know about God, our father. But that's not all he says. We can think of lots of accounts where Jesus is revealing the father to us, where he's proclaiming them. And we have one which Lee read for us just a minute ago from Matthew chapter 6. And we might look at that and say, well, that's just about not worrying. But it's about far more than that. So, so dig into Matthew chapter 6 a little bit with me. It, it's in the part of the, the Bible, the part of Matthew that we call the Sermon on the Mount. And I made reference to this last week, Matthew chapter, chapters 5 through 7. And I encouraged you to read it. Hopefully one or two of you actually did. But here in the middle of it, it follows that pattern that I shared last week where Jesus says, first, I want you to know who you are before I instruct you, give you admonishment on how you are to live. It starts off, the Sermon on the Mount does, with God declaring to us that we are blessed. And we see that same pattern even in the midst of the center of this in Matthew chapter 6. He starts off by telling us that we are valuable to our Heavenly Father. Right? And we might say, well, this is just about not worrying, but it's about far more than that. Because Jesus says to us, don't just worry about the things that you eat and drink, but know that your Heavenly Father provides for you. He's got beautiful images. The first one is the birds of the air. Now, I'm not, I'm not a bird watcher, but I appreciate those of you that are. I'm one who just kind of stands back at birds and marvels at what they can do. Like from the big bird, we've got a lot of those herons around here. And those things always seem to perch. I see them perched on things that I look and go, is that going to support you? You're a big bird. That, you're gonna... Those are the things that I think about as I drive down the road. Okay? Or the hummingbirds right, that can fly backwards. Those things are just amazing. Or, or one of the things that always astonishes me is our bird feeder will be empty, right? And there will be no birds in the backyard. And then Andrew will fill it up, put some bird food in there, and immediately there are birds in the backyard. How do they know? Is there like a little dinner, but do you ring a dinner bell? But they can always find food. It's an instinct that God our Father has given to them, right? It's an instinct that Jesus speaks of here. He says our Father provides for that, that he even cares about the birds. And then he says, and are not you far more valuable than they? That you would know that, that your Heavenly Father knows about all things, knows about all that is around, all that's going on, even caring for the birds, and knows about you and about your need for food. Not only providing that food, but also then go one step further where Jesus says man does not live on food alone, that's man or woman, does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, that we have spiritual food, which is given to us. Then he continues. He says, consider the lilies. Consider the flowers of the field. Think about how they grow and how they look. I remember driving across eastern Colorado when we were going out west one time. And they have these huge fields of sunflowers. Many of you have seen those? These huge fields of sunflowers. And we were realizing as we were driving throughout the day that the sunflowers were turning. Right? The sunflowers follow the sun. That's amazing to me. And I read something like this. And it says that God has designed them to be that way. And that field that looks so majestic, all full of flowers, it pales in comparison even to the way that Solomon was dressed. 
Solomon, who was the wealthiest man of his time. It pales in comparison. And God tells us in this passage that our Father dresses us far more majestically than they. And we remind ourselves that it's not on the clothes that we choose to wear, but in the robes of righteousness with which we are covered. The robes of righteousness that cover over the blemish of our sin, the robe of righteousness that is washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we would know that we have this wonderful robe, not majestic in appearance. That this is how God, our Father, provides for you. Because we're far more enduring than the flowers. But by far the most important verse in this entire passage, far more than the one that talks about the birds, the one that talks about the lilies, is verse 32. In a really, really short and simple way, Jesus declares to us the importance of our Heavenly Father and says this, your Heavenly Father knows. Just those words. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. If your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, things as simple as food and as clothing, it means that your Heavenly Father knows you. Knows you completely knows every need that you have, both physical and spiritual, knows you wholly and entirely. God, your Father, knows. And that knowledge is love. Is love in seeing the places where we lack, seeing the things that we cannot provide ourselves, but instead that he would go to the extreme, to the extreme lengths in order to provide for us robes of righteousness, provide for us the word that fills us fully the word salvation in Jesus Christ. And these things bring us wonderful peace of knowing our one Father who has made us and who sustains us. Knowing our one Father who knows us completely. We have one Father in heaven. And because we do, because we are loved children, we can live out our earthly roles. And so to those of you that are dads, just permit me one second to speak to you. When we think about what this passage means for us as fathers, it means that we have this wonderful and profound knowledge that God loves our children even more than we ever could. You know what that does? Is it frees us to not try to be God. But instead, to the best of our ability to live as forgiven men of God, Men who can rejoice in the love of God shown to us as forgiven children first. To declare this then and to live this out to others. To know this wonderful truth that God is our Father. And that God is the Father of our families as well. And to all of us, it's a wonderful privilege to know the God who knows us completely and loves us wholly. Because I know that everyone's experience with their father wasn't like mine. I know that it's unique, and I'm incredibly blessed by it. But maybe some of you have a different experience. Maybe some of you have a father who wasn't such a great man. Maybe some of you struggle in your understanding and knowledge of that. And we also know in the broader context of the world that there are those who don't have fathers. There are those who lack an earthly mentor, someone to walk alongside them. And so what of them? The same truth applies this wonderful proclamation of who God is. In fact, this is what David says in Psalm 68, that God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widows. 
that that's who God is. That we don't have to try to be more than we are. That we don't have to suffer in all things because of the way that our world is, but that instead we can turn to the one who is the perfect father who knows us totally and loves us wholly. To know that this is who Jesus has revealed his father to be. And because of that, we celebrate this day Father's Day. Not just our earthly fathers, but of a father who creates us and loves us, who forgives us and sustains us, a God who provides, a God who knows. This is your father. And we rejoice this day that we are called his children in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.